Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast brought to you by Cracked Rackets. My name is Alex Gruskin. College tennis is right around the quarter. You know, the season has already gotten underway, but we have the ITA kickoff weekend coming up just, you know, just this week. And so we're going to talk a little college tennis on this podcast today. We didn't forget about you college tennis fans, and of course we'll have a ton of stuff moving forward in 2019, but on today's podcast, the two people I most want to talk college tennis with, or I should say two of the people I want to, if Bobby Knight was here, you know, Colette Lewis, I'm always down to talk to them, so they have the reserve top two spots, but nonetheless, these two are awesome as well. Joining me as my co-host, it is Cracked Rackets contributor, former four-star recruit on tennis recruiting, and the person personification of tennis cocaine it is matthew sikoyak matt hey great shot what's going on gruskin not too much new google hangout format so i can see you and your hairline makes me feel good oh ooh, <laughs> taking a shot already man okay this is gonna be a long pod man i got se- i got several more for you um but No, no. Look, this is a great time of year, right? We got the Aussie Open going on, uh, beginning of the professional tennis circuit, and then, of course, we got college starting up, so uh, super exciting stuff. No, January really is the kickoff of the tennis season because so many seasons start at this point, the professional level, obviously, but also the college level. You have the junior level resetting, and that might seem kind of obvious as January is the first month of the year. But in tennis, it's a year-long sport, so we really don't have resets that often. It is so fun to get to talk about this topic. And of course, if we're talking college tennis, we have to talk about the man with the worst hairline on the chat. He is making a return appearance on the Great Shot Podcast. This may now be his last appearance, but it is his tweets that got me fired up about this year's season. You know him as at College Tennis Ranks. I know him as Chris Halioris. Chris, hey, great shot, and welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Alex. Glad to be here. I I can't believe you took a shot at my hairline. I I, I came home from work like Thursday, and my wife said, if you don't get that haircut, you're not coming back. So uh, it's all gone now. And it's and then with the winter storm, not the best time. But but yeah, I mean, how how exciting is it that, you know, pretty much the competitive season got started this weekend. You know, some of the teams had played hidden duels or, uh, you know, there's still some cupcake matches going on. But but we really got some good competitive matches started this weekend. And and then next weekend we got the kickoff. So that's the. That's the big start to the college season. I'm, I'm ready for it to get going. Absolutely. And you guys should know I'm just compensating because I'm very insecure about my own hair. So this is my way of feeling good. I apologize to both of you. But yeah, as you mentioned, it is college tennis season time. We have the ITA kickoff weekend. Of course, that's the weekend where teams try and qualify for the national indoors this year being held in Chicago. So we will not see Illinois in the field. Their spot is given to them, but so many other teams will be in play that are in the top 16. There's going to be so much fun college tennis. Of course, if you want to get up to date on all things college tennis, check out our website, crackedrackets.com. Matt Stokowiak had his college contender series going since, I think, December. Is that right, Matt? Uh, we started that thing up at the end of October. Oh, my so, gosh. Hey, man. Grinding away. 
No, and he talked about his 10 favorite teams, or I think the, the preseason top 10. So go check that out. Go check out all of our other content as well. You know, Social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, so much great stuff up there. And of course, like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, as well as the Cracked Interviews podcast. We've had so many college tennis coaches during the offseason come on the pod. So if you want to hear from any of them, definitely go check that out. But yes, as you mentioned, the ITA kickoff weekend right around the corner. I feel like that's the fourth time we've said that. That's how excited I am. And that's where we're going to start today's college tennis preview. Now, of course, this podcast could go five hours if the three of us really wanted. We could talk about every team. You know, I'm sure you have takes, Chris, about UC Santa Barbara that someone would find interesting, but that is not what we're going to be doing. We're going to do three things. We're going to talk about the kickoff weekend. We're going to talk about the the power conferences and who we think is going to emerge as champions. And of course, we're going to end with our top five title contenders on the year. But let's start with the kickoff weekend. I asked you guys, you know, of the 15 sites, name your three most intriguing sites. Chris, I've already seen you start posting about this upcoming weekend. So tell me, what is your number three most intriguing site? My number three most intriguing, I, I think. I should it's... also say, if there are honorable mentions, throw them in there as well. All right, so yeah, I've got, I've got two honorable mentions. I'll start with those. The two honorable mentions are at, at Oklahoma and TCU uh, because I think they're the the Oklahoma's got uh, Notre Dame, who I think is going to going to be a surprising, at least based on where they were last year, team that uh, that's going to put up a good fight, but uh, overall not not as competitive as some of the others. So that that's an honorable mention, and then uh, and TCU honorable mention only that you know they they have already lost a dual match, and they've got Arizona State there, who's kind of a you know, they're, they're a wild card depending on who's playing, who's in or not. But those are the two honorable mentions. But I think my number three site that I have is Texas A&M. Uh, oh, and primarily, yeah, I mean, so they obviously win day one over Western Michigan. But then you've got Cal, Virginia, uh, that I think we all probably expect Virginia. Cal's no slouch, but we probably expect Virginia to win that. And then the Virginia A&M uh, matchup which i think prior to the announcement that uh, hattie habib was coming back for a&m it was uh virginia was a prohibitive favorite there and uh it's a little more competitive now so i'm really looking forward to seeing that an a&m virginia match if that is indeed what ends up being the final final there so I had Oklahoma as my number three site, and I had Texas A&M as my number one honorable mention, and you know that hurts me to say, as Virginia is my go-to squad. The reason I gave Oklahoma the bump, you know, as you mentioned the, with the news for Texas A&M, I thought Virginia might get to sh- you know show off a little bit, maybe cakewalk through that A&M. A&M, a younger team, you know, they lost so much talent this year. What They ended up losing Rinderneck. They lost Kipson. They lost... Uh, Arcanada. Arcanada as well. Cantanzariti, who was injured towards the end, but still a big loss mentally. They're just a young team, and when you're facing a Virginia team that's coming off such a struggle in 2018 that's going to be hungry, you know they're prepared for this. I just thought that was going to be a tough matchup. With the Oklahoma region, I mean, it's fascinating, right? You In Notre Dame, you probably have the best individual player of the four teams in Alex Ledbedev, and that always means something, especially early on in the season before teams get their bearings, before they find the exact lineup combinations that work. You know, when you have a lock like him up top, that's so great. I'm also fascinated to see what Spencer Papa looks like after a year off of injury. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't be so quick to say Lebedev's going to be the best player, but I, but I'm with you. I haven't seen Papa play, so I, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, and, and Matt, you know, what, what do you think about those rankings? Do you have either of those in your top five? Um, mine, are, mine are very similar to both of your guys. I did have the Oklahoma one down as an honorable mention, but I also want to mention uh, Cam Klinger from Vandy. In that, very in true. That. He's... In my opinion, he might be easily the best player in that entire region or that entire bracket there, those four teams. So don't forget about him either. But uh, that Oklahoma little pod was my honorable mention. Then the A&M one was also my other honorable mention. I actually think Virginia is going to take that. I don't want to say easily, but I, I look at Virginia as a pretty solid favorite in that one. I don't know about A&M. All right, I'm not- let's do this now. So we don't have to put it off till the end. So we're not here for two hours. Let's have the Virginia conversation just right off the bat. You guys both know I have strongly voiced my fandom of Virginia, that those teams were my favorite teams from 2010 to 2016. Obviously, that Ty Kwiatkowski, J.C. Aragoni, Luca Cornelli class was my high school class, so to see those guys succeed, it felt like all of us 2013 graduates were succeeding. And I'm just going to come off right the bat and say it. They're my preseason pick for national title team. I just there are so much, so many, so much depth, so many high quality players. A guy in Henrik Wiersholm who has won championships, and you know, other than the Wake Forest team, it's Wake Forest and Henrik who have that sort of experience. Carl Soderlin also been on a championship team. Gianni Ross, you know, a, a well-renowned junior before he came to college, has had a year playing two and three, will have the opportunity to play three, maybe four by the end of the year. Who knows? Just the depth of players they have of guys capable of playing one. To me, that's so special. Chris, I see you shaking your head. Oh, Chris, because, I mean, your your fandom for UVA is getting your head. <laughs> They're not even in the top five. Come oh. on. <laughs> I mean, right, yeah. why? Why am I wrong? So, so they're very so obviously when they add Nakashima up top. So, I mean, what looks like right now that lineup, right? You got Soderlin one, Nakashima two, dead solid. Uh, Gianni at three, Wiersholm at four, good. But I don't think you know with other top teams, they're. I don't think that's any any better, and probably it against some of them a little weaker. And then, then when you get down and you start talking about Lizen. Lord gets uh it's you know there are definitely better five sixes out there i don't I don't think they're i mean you, you can make them a dark horse maybe, but I mean let's see how they get through Carolina and wake in the regular season yeah, that's very true, and one of the other reasons I like them because they have a, a nice blend of veterans in Weir's home and Soderland, but also guys like Ross like you know, goats like Nakashima who have fresh legs, the fact that they have to go through Wake Forest and UNC at least once in the regular season, that's going to bode so well for them. This is going to be a team that you have to imagine will be significantly better in on May 1st than they will come February 1st because they still are younger. You know, even though they didn't lose any talent from last year, there's a lot of sophomores on this roster, a lot of guys who or didn't get to contribute because, as I mentioned, that Ty Kwiatkowski class was so dominant for so long there. You know, Coach Pedroso has been at the highest stages. He understands last year is not the bar. You know, it's their first time not making the NCAA round of 16 since, I think, 2004, something crazy like that. This is going to be the team I'm watching. I mean, I always watch them all year long. But, Matt, you're an ACC guy. Am I crazy? Look, man, you got to hold your horses a little bit here, saying that they're your your title pick. I mean, look— I, I said they're the favorite at the kickoff weekend, not for the entire title. 
I agree with Chris. They're a dark horse. I mean, they're a very good team. They could easily be a top 10 team, but like Chris already mentioned, they're not even top five. They're, they're not in my top five. So, you know, it's just, we have to see how the season plays out. The ACC is going to be tough. I, I don't even know if they're going to win the ACC, to be honest. So for you to say that they're your title pick, I think it's a bit of a stretch. You're going a little too far. I like the enthusiasm, but let's just, let's start with a kickoff weekend. They'll make it through that. They'll go to indoors and then we'll let it play out. All right. I, again, you guys can be wait and see, but don't hop on this take later on. I will have you both on before NCAs, and I, I will know if you flop. Matt, did you mention your number three region before we cut you off and got into Virginia? Number three region, uh, TCU. I'm really interested to see. I, I think they're going to go down. I have them on upset alert. Both Oklahoma State or Arizona State, I think, has the potential to beat TCU. TCU didn't make it out of their own uh, – their own bracket last year, uh, Duke was able to come out of that one. So uh, TCU, I think it's a tough region. I'm going to be watching that one closely because I think they're uh, definitely on upset alert. Chris, you know the percentage is way better than I do. Is that feasible? Is what feasible? TCU goes down second year in a row, don't make the indoors? Uh, oh, it's it's possible, but honest, I don't see it being to Oklahoma State. I see... Arizona State's just a real wild card. They've got a lot of talent, but they're also I think they've got some injuries going on right now. And and you know, you look at just their first two matches and the and all of the different guys they played. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on there. If they have all the right guys in, they're all healthy and they can play. Arizona State could potentially do it, but I think it's it's still a stretch. Here's here's where I think TCU's gonna be lacking, and that's down low. Oh, for that's sure. That's their that's their bottom few players. We're talking like four, five, and six. Up top, of course, with Rybakov, you know, Alistair Gray, guys like that. You know, you can rely on them, but I think they're going to be hurting down low. And a team like Arizona State has the guys down there to to cause that upset. So I'm going to be watching that match for sure. Well, that's exactly what happened. I mean, they've already lost a, a dual match. They lost to Tulsa. Uh, exactly. And, exactly. And, and that's, you know, they're... Four, five, six is is Matt's spot on. That's that's their their downfall. So you know they're they're going to have to get a little stronger there. And if they don't, they're they're going to be on upset alert day, day in day out with with those guys. I agree. We were there last year, Chris, when they just couldn't get it done at five and six because they had so many injuries. Despite you know looking so strong up top, despite ha- just having as you mentioned Rybakov and Lopez and all of that talent, it's always going to come down at five and six for them. But moving on to our but, number two. Hey, re- oh. hey, before before we go on though, I gotta I gotta because you know I love UTR anything stats. I love it. Right. So <laughs> so, so for the for the UVA fan, here's here's the question, Gruskin. Where do you think UVA is just in the ACC UTR? In terms of ranking by their lineup? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, well, Juniors has to weigh in, so Nakashima's has to be pretty good. Wearsholm, did his take a hit because of injury? Nakashima's like a 14-5. He's tops on the team by far. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Wearsholm's going to have, I think Lizon's underrated. I think Ross didn't play much in the offseason. I'm going to say they're fourth. They're fifth. Uh, behind Florida State and Notre Dame? Yes. And then uh, the obvious two? Correct. Yeah, look, 
I'm fine with that. We're a young team. I'm saying we. I'm owning it early. <laughs> we. We're, we. Oh, you might, well, Come on, man. That's we until we get to the number one site, and then we changes. <laughs> well, let me say this. You're in your Mississippi State gear, Chris. Matt, you're rocking the Duke gear. I'm rocking my UVA loudly and proudly. I feel fine about it. <laughs> but, right. like, all right, as I mentioned, moving on to our number two site. Chris, what do you got? My number two site is the Florida State site in in Tallahassee, and that is uh, that spot on. Could not agree with you more. Love that site. I mean, there's so much. It's not just it's not two teams uh, here at at this site anymore. Where where a lot of them, you're looking at maybe two teams that could win it. We go to Tallahassee, and honestly, I you could make a case at that any one of the four teams could get out of there. Maybe a little stretch on on Tech, but I mean, Florida State, Tennessee, Tulane, Texas Tech all solid teams and uh, on any given day any one of those teams could come out of there so i i can't wait to see that one can i ask before i get your opinion matt chris how important is it for tulane as a non-power conference team to rack up some wins at an event like this for you know in terms of their seeding later on in the year oh it definitely is because the conference uh you know memphis i would say is going to be down this year UCF should be good, but took a uh, disastrous loss to Arkansas yesterday. Uh, so, you know, they're not even within the conference. They're not getting a lot of help in their own conference. They play some out of conference. They play Mississippi State. They play uh, Texas Tech uh, out of conference. I'm not sure who else they've got, but it's it's huge for them. They 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 really can't afford to come in here and go zero and two. They can't lose to Tennessee the first day and then turn around and lose to either Florida State or Texas Tech the second day. They they need those wins because they are are for sure, as you point out, going to have fewer opportunities to play schools with rankings to get those points where you need ten of them by the end of the year or nine of them by NCAA time. So knowing how hungry they'll be, knowing that this Florida State team, how many guys did they lose? Three starters? They lost Gracia. They lost – did Doug, Douglas is back? Yeah, Aziz. Dugas is back, yeah. Yeah. Ira Dukunda is gone. That's exactly – so do you think Florida State's one of the number one seeds on upset alert this weekend? I think they're – oh, they're definitely on upset alert, but they're still a solid – I mean, their one, two, three is still very solid with Dugas, uh, Poulain, and Naff. Uh, but, I mean, that being said, they've already had two really tough matches. South Alabama took them to the wire, uh, and then they had a very tough match today with Cal at the USDA Center. So uh, they're – I mean, you know, you tell a tight one with Cal and with, uh, and with South Alabama, uh, you look at the other three schools here, they're definitely on upset alert. Matt, is Tennessee a team you – or Tennessee. Well, yes, I suppose Tennessee. Tennessee, Tulane, Texas Tech, Florida State. Is that one of the regions you circled as a top seed fallen? Yep, number two. That was my number two region. Couldn't agree with you guys more. I think Florida State is definitely on upset alert. Um, this is just such a fun region. I mean, you don't – we really don't know. Any one of these teams, like Chris mentioned, could could come out and be the team to represent in national indoors. So, um this is going to be a good one. I, I actually think Florida State will not come out. Ooh, I, I like I it. Don't. I think Tulane. I think Tulane actually has a shot. I think they can beat Tennessee. Ah oh, man, if it's Florida State and Tulane <laughs> for all the marbles, I don't know how that goes. I mean, Florida State is home, but man, I, I like Tulane to make some moves in this one. I really do because, like Chris mentioned. Their whole year is kind of made by their non-conference schedule. You know, those are the matches that are key for them rather than the conference matches. So, 
I think they can make some moves. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think in terms of circling some of, before we get into our number one uh, week uh, kickoff spots to watch, you circle some of these places: Florida State, you know, TCU, Oklahoma, maybe Columbia. I'm not saying the obvious one. And then I think the most interesting place for a potential upset, UCLA. Given how much talent they've lost, Chris, am I crazy to think they might get upset this weekend? Uh, yeah, I think you're pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, well, outside crazy. of that, is that a crazy take? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you don't think, you know, no Red Licky, no Rap, no Zoo, a lot of new faces. Who's going to beat them? Maybe I mean, Ole Miss? Maybe. Oh, no no. Oh, no, dude, no. oh, come on. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is like bottom five in the SEC. But, you know, they're they're hurting this year. They, lo- they lost a lot, and they've got, you know, Finn Reynolds is out. Uh, they're in, did you see them play Texas? They didn't get a set. Yeah, that's a a good point. Not a set in a, and they played every match out. They lost seven Oh without winning a set. So that's not gonna, uh, San Diego, maybe. And uh, I mean, I use no slouch. They may get a better match the first day than they do the second. Uh, it's possible, but no, I don't see any, I don't see anybody beating UCLA up there. What about just in general, in terms of those top seeds? Are there anyone I mentioned that, or didn't mention that you think might go down? Other than Mississippi State, yeah, that's not going to happen either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, even from an unbiased opinion, what, what yeah, you, no way. You pick a site that you got to like their chances with that with the teams there. Um, you know, I don't. There's no way. There's no way Wake and o- or Ohio State go down. Uh, you know, it's Texas A and M. I mean, if we want, yeah, A and M. They're one. still top ten, even right to their rank number nine. Now they're for sure. They're the they're the highest seed. Right. Uh, on upset alert, uh, for sure. And then getting to the number one region, I have a feeling all three of us have the same one circled. We, I imagine you guys are jealous that you're not where I am, getting to go to Ann Arbor this weekend, getting to watch my Michigan Wolverines host the Baylor Bears, host the Georgia Bulldogs, host the NC State Wolf Pack. That's the number one region, right? Ah, no question. they rigged it for me this was my doing you're welcome (laughs) here's the thing though gruskin michigan's the worst team in this region and they're hosting you're gonna say that to me i (laughs) we're what 20 minutes in and you're gonna hit me with that type of spice facts are facts make an argument against it oh they're better than nc state yeah (laughs) there it is i just i just watched (laughs) nc state play today you watch. I- I'm calling upset alert. NC State beats Michigan right I mean, off the, the bat. The biggest issue with Michigan, the lack of experience. When you lose, lose four single starters, and we haven't hosted an ITA kickoff weekend in God knows how long. You know, you've got Shallot coming back, and Miles, if you're listening to this, you know I love you personally, but it's not the strongest one you want. You know, you've got Simar coming back with singles experience. I like Foreman. I like Connor Johnston lower in the lineup. I'm not sure, you know, four against, if he's playing four against an upper-level player, how well that's going to go. Coach Steinberg always has the guys ready for doubles, and it's very early in the year, and we're indoors. And, and you, you know, Ann Arbor's, sorry, Ann Arbor's crowd doesn't rock, but it does rock during the doubles point. That is the, the most enjoyable time, and then people kind of disperse. And so if Michigan's going to come out with a motion in any match, it's going to be the first time they've hosted an ITA kickoff against NC State. I just think we're ready for that one. 
Well, you, you better go give your boy Shallot some more love because he got absolutely <laughs> wrecked by Edson Ortiz indoors at Alabama yesterday. Yeah, that one was brutal. <laughs> and that's at three, right? So, yeah, exactly. I'm telling you guys, NC State returns every starter from last year. They have a couple of freshmen. I, I, I'm calling it right now. My pick, NC State over Michigan. We'll get back to it. Oh, I like it. Well, wow. then... I, I think we all agree Michigan is going to face some tough sledding, but in terms of round one matchups, there's not a more intriguing matchup than Baylor versus Georgia. Chris, both of these teams return a lot of guys, but there's also some new elements for Georgia. You know, you've got Trent Bride coming in. That's obviously a huge addition. You've got, uh, I believe, Philip Henning, Britton Johnston, you know, three guys who can contribute right away. And of course, they've got Reinberg, Zelinsky, Walker Duncan, Robbie Loeb coming back versus a Baylor team that's starting off part two of the Brian Boland era. They're bringing back players from 2004, it seems like, for the season. <laughs> Benjamin Becker might suit up, go from Michigan assistant coach to Baylor player. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I mean, w- what are your inklings towards both Georgia and Baylor? Because I think they're going to be fascinating teams to watch this season. Oh, it's. I mean, it's. It, this is such a crazy good region because, I, I, I mean, with with Baylor and Georgia, they're both, uh, you know, and with with Baylor bringing Benitez back, they're they're a solid top ten team. Georgia's right there on the cusp of kind of challenging. You know that I think in all likelihood, the winner of that match wins comes out of that region. But but how dare pick, you? Yeah, pick the win, <laughs> pick the winner. I mean, but I mean, this is this is the one region where I think both matches the first day are are going to be extremely competitive and and you could make a case that both matches go either way uh so so ne- nobody's getting an, uh, an easy match day one or day two uh and but that's the that is the first round matchup i'm looking most forward to is that baylor georgia because they're both on the rise this year uh both both with strong 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 lineups so uh yeah it's going to be you know and then you gotta i mean the the all all the different things with the Baylor lineup, right? You had Roy Smith last year playing six ish, right? Uh, and he's now a solid number a one. A challenger champion. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. I mean he's a he's a solid number one for them. Uh and and then you got Benitez coming back and you get uh, just a, a very solid lineup. And then with Georgia, you know, really they they they're getting healthier. They lost Wayne Montgomery, but like like you said, they're they're they got Zelensky, Reinberg, and Duncan uh, up top. You you've got Robert Lowe back, and then you bring in Trent Bride, Philip Henning. Solid lineup. I mean, it's that's it's just going to be such a great first match. I I almost wish I was there with you to watch. Uh, You're more than welcome to come. And, you see my room right now. There's room for we can share the bed. Yeah, you know, I'll be I'll be <laughs> I'll be standing outside in Starkville where it's supposed to be 30 <laughs> degrees uh, with no prospects of playing indoors. So uh, so y'all be freezing uh, freezing next weekend while you're indoors at, at Ann Arbor. <laughs> well, it is the national indoor, so I think it's okay. This weekend, it's acceptable. <laughs> Matt, you know, in terms of this region, you say you like NC State over Michigan. You know, Do you think it's absurd to say this Baylor-Georgia matchup is of two teams who could potentially make the quarterfinals, and who do you see emerging from this? Uh, I've got Baylor. I've got Baylor over Georgia and then Baylor over NC State to make it two indoors. And yeah, I mean, Baylor could make a run. I've got Baylor as one of my top five teams um, as a contender to win the whole thing. Really? 
I, I do. I think they're loaded, man. I mean, look at their roster. Just Chris already mentioned Roy Smith. I mean, we can go down their entire roster. Their coach is outstanding. Obviously, championship pedigree there. I, I love this team. I think they're going to surprise everybody. You know, they had a down year last year. Um, but their match with Georgia will be good because Georgia is much improved. They've got a good team as well. Uh, but for me, I'm, I'm picking Baylor to come out of here. All right, that's fair. Well, then let's do one more thing about the kickoff weekend before we move on to our next topic. I'm going to give you guys the region. I want you to just say your cha- or who you think is going to emerge from it, and we'll try and set the field. And again, we haven't mentioned Illinois amongst any of these teams. That's because they are hosting the event, and they don't have to play this weekend. But let's start in Winston-Salem. Wake Forest, Memphis, Old Dominion, BYU. Who you got, Chris? Who you got, Matt? Wake Forest. Yeah, enough said. Agreed. We're going to Columbus now. Ohio State, Arkansas, Cornell, VCU. Chris, who you got? Ohio State, for sure. Matt? Yep, right on. All right. LA, California. UCLA, Ole Miss, San Diego, Indiana. UCLA, no no problem. Yep, absolutely. Same here. You know, I remember now Gavin Nanda, I think I said his name right, just won a Futures title. Oh, I'll give UCLA the bump. You talked me out of Ole Miss. That's fine. All right, we'll go next to College Station. I think I'm going to get oh, Ole, Miss uh, Ole Miss. UCLA. We're going UCLA. Hey, great shot to me. I know. I know. Ole Miss is losing to San Diego. Hey, look, I think right. T- if I had to guess, I would say Francis Tiafo emerges from the LA region. That's where my head's at <laughs> right now. Um, all right, we're headed to College Station. Texas A&M, California, Virginia. My boys from Western Michigan. Chris, who you got? I'll go with Virginia, but I think that they'll probably. Texas A&M is going to put up a better fight than I think uh, some people will think. That'll be a very competitive match, and A&M could win, but I'm still going to—I'll say Virginia comes out. Matthew? Well, I might be one of those people, Chris, that thinks uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a blowout than you might expect. But, yeah, I'm going Virginia. I don't think A&M—look, uh, A&M's got to show me something. I think Virginia goes uh, rather easily. Uh, e- I can't not pick Virginia. You guys know where my head's at already, so we can move on. Let's head to Starkville, where number 93-ranked Trevor Fauché leads the Mississippi (laughs) State squad uh, against Arizona, UNC, Wilmington, and Wichita State. I think this is Mississippi State, no question. Oh, for sure. And they just got their rings the other night, by the way, for the SEC tournament. Uh, Did you get one? uh, No, no, I didn't get one. I did get a shirt and a hat at the SEC championship, but no, they— yeah, they they should have should have no issues here. Matt, yeah, c- completely agree. This is a, a pretty lopsided uh, uh, foursome here. So um, if MSU doesn't come out, there's there's going to be a problem. Well, we are thirty minutes thirty seconds in, and we haven't mentioned yet that your brother Matt Nick Stokoyak plays for the Duke Blue Devils. They are in Chapel Hill with number sixty North Carolina, number forty three Middle Tennessee, and number forty six Utah. Chris, any chance Duke pulls off an early upset against a young North Carolina team? Well, young but old. Zero chance. I, I will. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this much: there is a higher percentage for, uh, chance that Middle Tennessee beats Duke on day one than Duke beating North Carolina on day two. You're going to take that from him, Matt? <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying I it's more likely. I actually completely agree uh, with that take. So, uh, yes, I, I have no issues with that. I completely agree. That's totally fair. UNC's coming out. It seems like no one's talking about the fact that, in the end, Will Blumberg ended up coming back to school. That's going to be something that rings in everyone's mind come May when he's competing for that U.S. Open wildcard win. North Carolina 
you know, who's to say he doesn't put together a Stevie Johnson type season this year. It's year three. He's got another jump in him, clearly. That's a region I'm watching, but I'll make my case for Duke when we talk about conference champions. Let's head now out to Palo Alto, where we've got Stanford, Minnesota with no Felix Corwin, Oregon, or Central Florida. Chris, who do you got? Uh, Stanford. Now, this could have actually been an honorable bench. I mean, there's some good schools here, but nobody at the level Stanford's at. S- Central Florida, like I said, they took a bad loss to Arkansas. Uh, DeCamps didn't play, don't know why, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but Stanford's got to come out of that region. Yeah, I think they get through pretty easily as well. I'm still a little hurt from Stanford. I liked them a lot going into last year's NCAA tournament, and when they lost to Ole Miss, that one hurt. So I'm, you know, when you lose a player of Tom Fawcett's quality, a guy who is just so rock solid at number one, that hurts a team. But Axel Geller is going to have to step up this year. Samir Kumar, you know, they've got a ton of depth as well. Famba, Jenison. Uh, no Jenison? Am I wrong? No Famba. No Famba. No Famba. Famba. No Famba, but Jenison, and then they have a freshman as well. Uh, Rostart? Rostart? However you Rostart. say Rostart. Yeah. Look, it's early in the season. I'm allowed to butcher names. Hey, great shot to me. But yes, I agree. It'll be fun to see what doubles combos come out for Stanford because they've got a lot of new players to play with. Um, all right, we've already talked about Fort Worth, where it's TCU, Oklahoma State, Arizona State, Loyola. We have picked one upset so far. Are we going to pick a second here, Chris? No, I'm st- I'll stick with TCU. I don't think I mean I think Arizona State can give them can give them a match and that's I mean that's assuming Arizona State can beat Oklahoma State, which they may not be able to, but but uh, but I'll I'll stick with TCU at home uh, and say they come out. Yeah, I'm going with ASU here. Um, I love it. There he is. They're 0-2. Look, they lose to Duke. They lose to Wake. They've got to get something going. I mean, this is is time. So I'm going ASU over Oklahoma State, and then I think they get past TCU. I love Reese Stalder too much as a tennis player to pick against TCU. I'm picking them just for that reason. And I'll be in Chicago, so I hope to see him play again. Plus, David Roditi, Cracked Interviews guest before. I've got to protect them on this podcast. Uh, Let's move to Gainesville now, where I don't know how many college tennis podcasts there are, but however many that may be, I'm sure they usually talk about Florida in the first 30 minutes. We have not talked about them yet in their region. They've got Louisville, Florida Atlantic, and William & Mary. Even beyond the play that's going on Chris isn't this region fascinating because it'll just be fun to see what lineup Florida puts out there oh that may be the only interesting thing about it this <laughs> this is about as one-sided as the Mississippi State uh, region I mean Louisville's is oh that they're gonna lose to Florida Atlantic in all likelihood I mean they're they're in a world of hurt they got they got wrecked by Virginia and they don't you know I they didn't even know what what to put up for a lineup right now. So so Florida's Florida's going to walk away. But you're, yeah, you're right. And really, there's no doubt with Florida who the top five are. It, the the order of them may be of question. The real question is who's played six. They've got McLean Kessler. They got Duarte Valle. They've got uh, uh, Andrade. Well, got, Andrade's Andrade's one of the top five. Oh, you uh, think Greif? Some of the young guys Lucas, might be the ones. Yeah, in Lu- Lucas Greif. So yeah, you've got basically Kessler, Valle, and Greif all competing for six. The top five are are set with uh, you know Crawford, Riffis, Engelson, Perez, and Andrade. Those are that's it. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, Florida, this is this is a cakewalk. It couldn't be any easier for them. Uh, but this is my team. I mean, this is my pick, uh, national championship pick. 
uh, UF. So I promise we. I was going to say we will break down that pick later on. I'm. I have comments on that top five thing, Chris, but we will save that for later. Um, I agree. Florida cakewalk. It's going to be fun just to see what they do. Uh, just at, in any of the matches. Who's to say they even play Riffis this weekend? Maybe he goes, flies out, plays another challenger. Um, yeah. But all right, let's 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 move to L.A. again where we've got USC, UC Santa Barbara, South Alabama, Cal Poly. Another team, Chris, in USC, what are they going to do with their lineup? A lot of depth, not a lot of clear cut other than maybe Holt and Koikerman. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's one too. They are so deep, and that's that's one of the reasons that you know I've I, when I put my preseason poll out of my own. I made <laughs> USC my number one preseason team. Really? I did. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, if you if you hit my site right now, you'll see my my preseason top twenty five. Uh, and uh, and US, I've got USC at at number one in, in my poll, but but that's that's really why. Uh, it's because they're so deep. I mean, they've, yeah, they've got good, good strength up top. They don't, they're, they, you know, Pete Smith's going to be able to look at, at five guys and go, uh, who's hot right now? Who's playing well? Who's got good form? Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that have no, nobody in reserve or they've got one player in reserve, but, but they've got, they're, they're just ridiculously deep. Uh, and, and you're going to have a hard time picking what you think that, that lineup is going to be. So. I def- they're definitely coming out of that that region, but that's that's one of my uh, I mean they're one of my favorite teams just because of everything they've got. And if you yeah, if you hit the site there, Greskin, you can even see my projected lineup for them with UTRs that were probably a week or two old. Uh, but they, UTR they got you, they brainwashed you. I'm afraid, they, Chris. They've uh, they've got uh, you know they they've got more bullets in as a, a new guy, so uh, you know. They're they're very strong uh, and and yeah. so deep. You know they they go they're ten deep easy. Uh, another team, you know, similar. We were, we were talking about the depth earlier of so many of these squads. Yeah, when you have options early on, half of it is just testing out what does and doesn't work. And you know, Pete Smith will have his guys, you know, clicking and playing their best tennis at the end of the year as he always does. Matt, in terms of you know, in this region, Santa Barbara, South Alabama, Cal Poly, USC cruises right. Yeah, there's no threat here. Uh, Like Chris already mentioned, USC is one of my top five teams for sure. Uh, I think they're the Pac-12 favorites, to be honest. So um, they should have no problems here. Yeah, agree with you. Well, then let's move on to Austin, Texas. We're another fascinating team with depth. Number 12, Texas. I think that's the theme of so many of these teams this year. You know, we haven't had, with all due respect, the superstar pros. A lot of those 96, 97, 98 guys kids who are in the senior class, junior classes of these college teams, you know, those top guys already went pro. Those are the Jared Donaldsons, the Tommy Pauls, Taylor Fritz, the Francis Tiafo years. So we have a lot of four-year players now getting, you know, older, getting experience. And I think, Chris, Texas is one of those teams where we're going to, that, that experience will be reflected in their performances. Yeah, they're, I, they are, for me, one of the teams that I think has a, a real shot this year. They had a lot of guys, <clears throat> a lot of kids that were young last year. They've got a year under them now. Uh, they're, re- they're still, I think, really only seven deep, but that's seven's plenty. Uh, and and their, their, their top six are going to be just dead solid. They're, they're going to have somebody playing six that's as good as anybody's six, uh, whoever they put there. So uh, they... 
they will they should walk through this region no problem miami i'll, I'll say miami has got some good players they don't have the depth that texas has uh so they're not they won't be able to i, I don't think they'll be able to put up too much of a fight against them texas should walk out of here pretty easy yeah texas is i think texas is a great team uh no problems. Miami's probably the biggest threat, but like Chris mentioned, they're they may have a couple guys at the top, but overall, uh, you know, I can't see them getting more than probably one win overall against Texas. So, um, UT should should make it out pretty easy. Agree with you guys. We already talked about this region, so I just want the pick. Tallahassee. We've got Florida State, Tennessee, Tulane, Texas Tech. Upset here, Chris. Yeah, I'll take Tennessee. Oh, I love it, Matt. I like that one, but I'm actually going to go Tulane. You're sticking with go, it. I love it. Well, this is going to be – this match, that, that Tennessee-Tulane match will be great because yes. ten, Tennessee is strong at the top. Tulane is stronger at the bottom. Tulane is not strong up – I mean, relatively, right, for for the guys. Right. I mean, they'd much rather have more and Erlen Bush play in 3-4, 2-3 than 1-2. Tennessee is going to have the advantage up top, but uh, but Tulane is there – they're they're really solid all the way through. So it's going to be a great, a great match. Uh, but, but I'll, uh, I'll stick with the balls. I'm an SEC guy. Come on. <laughs> well then I'm going to be different than you guys. And here's my case. Nick Crowell, current head coach at Oklahoma, longtime assistant at Florida state, cracked interviews guest. Give me Florida state. I will take the Seminoles. Uh, let's move to Ann Arbor. Again, we talked about this region a little bit. I'm not going to make a pick because I will be there and I'm going to try and do a little bit of reporting, but you know who I'm rooting for. Chris, what do you got? Oh, so I just got done saying, and I'm, I'm an SEC guy, but I, <laughs> my, my head tells me I got to take Baylor here. Uh, if Coach Boland seduced you, <laughs> <laughs> he offered you a scholarship. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I might have a year of eligibility left i'm not sure <laughs> yeah no i i just i think that's going to be such a super match but i i, I like do we Baylor's know chance. is roy smith playing for sure he is playing oh then that is a good pick what about you matt what are you thinking yeah i already made my pick there i said baylor for sure no um, one's gonna take georgia here i just can't i mean i, I look i think georgia has the ability would I be shocked if Georgia won? No, I wouldn't be shocked. But if if I have to make a pick, I'm going to pick <laughs> Baylor because I think they're a little bit better. But look, it's going to be a good match. I'll definitely want to tune in and see if I can catch a little bit of that on, on stream. or. Well, you know where be. you should tune in is the Crack Rackets Twitter account because I will be live tweeting both of those matches throughout the weekend. But let's move to New York, New York, where we've got Columbia hosting a region with Kentucky, uh, Dartmouth, Virginia Tech. You know, Kentucky is only seven ranking spots behind Columbia, or at least at the time this draft was performed. But Chris, you've mentioned you think it's going to be a down year for Kentucky. Who do you have in this region? Uh, Columbia comes out of here. Yeah, Kentucky's going to be last or second to last in the SEC. They've lost. They they lost a bunch and didn't bring didn't bring anything in that that doesn't need a lot of help. Uh, so, you know, I, Dartmouth and Virginia Tech decent teams they don't have the lineup columbia's got columbia i think shouldn't should not have a big problem getting out of here they could get a little test from virginia tech but i still think that they, they get out of there yeah columbia loves playing at home in those indoor courts overall their lineup's just too strong they've got to make it out columbia for sure 
You know, Max Fliegner, former Dartmouth men's tennis player, is the producer of this podcast, and I will never pick against Dartmouth. That's one of the other rules I have. They've beaten Columbia before. They did it just last year at Columbia. You know, Charlie Broom is a sneaky good one for them. Obviously, Vic Pham, incredible for Columbia as well, so that's going to be a really fun match. I'll take the green. Give me Dartmouth. I I wouldn't do that to Fliegner, and he'll cut out any other take I make, so we'll just put that in there so he doesn't have to do any work. Uh, But let's move (laughs) to our last region. We talked about it a little as well. Oklahoma, Vanderbilt, Notre Dame, Drake. A lot of intriguing storylines in this one. Chris, who you got emerging there? Wow. This this is really a tough call for me, and I think I'll go with I'll go with my heart here, much like I would if it was Mississippi State, and 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 my heart wants Notre Dame to win, so I'm going to take Notre Dame. I think it'll I think Notre Dame beats beats Vandy, and, and Oklahoma beats Drake, and they get to play each other. Uh, it'll be a, a great match, and boy, would I love to see how hard Levitt Evans and Papa hit the ball at each other, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't want to be in the middle of it, but, but I, uh, I'm going to take Notre Dame. I think they, now they didn't beat Kentucky as convincingly as I thought they would this weekend. Uh, granted it was indoors at Kentucky, but, uh, but still Notre, Notre Dame is, uh, they're solid. They're much, much, much improved. And, and I like their chances. Chris Halioris, noted SEC man picks against Vanderbilt. That's the storyline I got there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, there's just not enough there. <laughs> no, that's fair. Well, um, again, Matt, what, what are you thinking? I know you mentioned you love Cam Klinger as well. I do, but I, I can't go with Vandy. I'm actually going to take Oklahoma. I think it'll. I think Notre Dame probably beats Vandy. Uh, Chris already mentioned they're solid, you know, throughout their lineup. That Oklahoma Notre Dame match is going to be good, but uh, at home. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could go with Notre Dame. I'm going to go with the Sooners, though. One of my other rules, if Chris Hellyors picks something, ride with him because he knows better than you. I'll take Notre Dame as well. I already said I think Ledvedev is the best player in this section. I'm going to stick with that take. Alex, don't prove me wrong here. Please, you know, you're a fellow Alex. I need something from you. But okay, we can leave that topic there. I always say this before we go, but huge shout out to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who really do have a f- an editing job to do. For our wonderful co-hosts today, Chris Halliores and Matt Stokoic, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, and from our entire team at Cracked Rackets, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Chris, Matt, you know what we say to our fans. Hey, great shot. I love it, and we will see you all next week. Thanks, guys, for doing this.